0: This is Donna Fiducia, former anchor at the Fox News Channel, and now co-host of Cowboy Logic Radio, and you're listening to America's Web Radio.
1: Hey, good morning. This is Doug Field, CEO of the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism, along with my co host and managing director of the Institute, Brent Macy. And welcome to this week's edition of Healthcare Consumerism Radio. Brent, good morning. Morning, Doug. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you doing this morning? Hey, good. Uh, Glad to have you back here in Atlanta from traveling all week. (laughs) Up in the Twin Cities, but they had some nice weather for me. And we're going to welcome one of the Twin Cities leaders here in a minute after you do the program interview.
2: Yeah, sure. Just wanted to kind of introduce the program to everybody today. And again, thank you for joining us for Healthcare Consumerism Radio. as Doug mentioned, we're going to have uh, CEO of um, Consumer Driven uh, is John Young. He's going to be joining us here shortly on News and Views. But coming up in our second segment, we're going to actually going to have Mark Poling, and he's with Calibrium. This is an affiliate member here with the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism. And Mark's really going to talk about the health plans changing role in consumer health insurance uh, benefit purchasing. A lot of the health plans, Doug, as you know, are going yeah. through a lot of change, and so he's helping those health plans with their change um, around this whole changing marketplace. So very very interesting um, segment there. And following, Mark is actually going to be another affiliate member here with the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism, Liz Ryan, and she's with Wells Fargo Health Benefit Services. And Liz is really going to talk about the HSA piece, um, but she's going to talk about distilling the benefits from a complex HSA discussion and really get into the HSA piece. Um, Liz has been in the market for a long time, so very knowledgeable around that HSA space. And then on the last segment, it's going to be another affiliate member here with us at the IHC, and that's going to be Randy Cox. Randy is the CEO of Pricing Healthcare, and um, what he's going to talk about is expanding direct pay Healthcare options for employees and individuals so that should
1: be very interesting yeah it's very very unique a lot of good innovation on the program today and as you said uh, joining us now to participate here in the news and views is uh, the chief realization officer of consumer driven a member of our league of leaders and really a close advisor to, and friend to us at the institute and a gentleman i had a chance to spend three days with recently in the twin cities john young john good morning
3: Good morning, guys. How are you?
1: Good, my friend. Good to have you on the program. It's good to be with you. Hey, John, you know, you're out there as one of the leaders and uh, thought leaders and really in the, the whole defined contribution in the exchange space. And, you know, wanted today on the news view is kind of talk about some of the trends you see and then also talk a little bit about what you're doing uh, out at Forum West and uh, about our new event that's coming up uh, March 31st. So, you, you know, tell us a little bit about some of the, the high points of what you're seeing out there in the marketplace right now.
3: Well, first and foremost, I think there's a enormous amount of confusion on what defined contribution mm-hmm. is and how it works, and I think everyone yeah. kind of waves their hand at it and says, oh yeah, that's where an employer defines a contribution, and, and the, the devil being in the details, how it gets set up, how it's evaluated, how it's used to steer enrollment, and what it, it provokes in employee choice. Mm-hmm. Is a, is a little confusing, and, and that's why we are bringing to Forum West uh, a share session just devoted to defined contribution, with some of, well, <laughs> what I've called the the U two of <laughs> defined contribution. It's the it's the you know the, the top practitioners in it. We've got a technology provider. We've got uh, we've got a, somebody who is uh, who's skilled at underwriting as an actuary. These types of of strategies. We've got an employer that has not only put defined contribution in a private exchange into organization, but she's renewed it a couple of years. And of course, we have an advisor who both consults on a variety of DC strategies and also works for a, a private exchange advisor. So it's it's the kind of the best and the brightest coming in to help people understand it. Uh, so one trend, biggest trend, Doug, is... Uh, we need more cowbell we need more <laughs> We need more defined contribution for employers to embrace this it's it's um it's very true that that private exchanges are growing, but not all private exchanges are using defined contribution That's as a, as a core strategy um, and then uh, one other trend that I think is interesting is two, actually two trends. One, and and Doug, you had the pleasure of having a lunch with one of these exchange adv- uh, solutions here mm-hmm. in the Twin Cities, yep. who said that there was an interesting sales meeting where they were told no by an employer because the employer said, quote, I don't want to be the first financially successful organization right. to do a private exchange, being that the belief or mythology around exchanges is this is only for people that are financially in trouble.
1: Right, or, or, or that this is for the employers that are wanting to get out of the employer-sponsored benefit space, which is the furthest thing from the truth.
3: Exactly. So there's another trend, I think, not only is defined contribution uh, confusing, is that I think that employers need to be level set on why to do this, because okay. The logic tree that um, that I've had for some time now is that if we are going to lower healthcare costs, we have to do two things: get people to be prudent purchasers of healthcare and get them healthier. And the only way to do that is on account-based plans. And the only way to do account-based plans best is through an exchange with a defined contribution. So it's it's best for the company bottom line. It's best for employee health. And it's not just for firms that are in financial trouble. Right. It's, a, it's right. a short track for companies that are in financial trouble, but it's a, it is the perfect track for an employer who's wanting to improve health and lower costs. So those are the, those are the, the big trends that I'm seeing.
1: Yeah, and, um, and, and I think, John, wouldn't you agree with it too, that uh, and the right exchange environment <coughs> is giving these employees and these families choice. Let them choose you know how they want to take care of their family and you know
3: know, i know this is a broken record but for for the audience today what what are people choosing when they're on an exchange with defined contribution half the time they're selecting hsa plans so this is a huge boon for the consumerism industry and should be supported and and we should let people choose because that's what they're choosing Now, um, another thing is there's a recent survey out by the National Business Group on Health and Ben's Communications, and if you all haven't read that, it was one of those surveys that came out and said, wow, it doesn't look like employers are really all that interested in private exchanges. (laughs) But so I I kind of, (laughs) I've looked into this a little bit, not as thoroughly as I'm going to, but some small little takeaways on this is mostly mid-market employers were, were, you know, were surveyed, right. and mid market, as we all know, is the slowest to adapt, the slowest to respond, right. unless you have a creative leader at the helm.
4: Right. You know,
3: like Michelle Murray, who is going to be speaking at Forum West on the panel. Uh, it, it takes a special employer, people like Sean Levitt. You know, people right. that are that that get it, like Ed Isaacson, who's getting the the award this right. year. Um, It also, in the survey, it suggested that people had to drop self-funding, and that's just not true.
1: That's right. They
3: presented, I believe, the questions in such a way that made people think exchange equals multi-source, fully insured, and that's not true. That is one company's perspective. Uh, that that's the way exchanges should go, but that's not how all exchanges go.
1: Well, well, John, you know, you, I think it's about education, 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 and awareness, because that that survey also, and you and I talked about that recently. That survey also teed up the question the wrong way. It just wasn't the right educated approach. It asked it asked the respondents to to respond to a question that said, "Are you going to move away from employer sponsored health care?" by moving your workforce to a defined contribution private exchange model and that that's just not that's not the right question. Right. You know, defined contribution nope. exchange model can actually be a better benefit experience for the employee populations and their families.
3: Absolutely and as they continue to build better uh, back-end support mm-hmm. for the entire customer experience it's just going to get uh, bigger and better.
1: John, John, talk to us a little bit about, uh, we're really excited about, you know, the general session you're leading on uh, with some real exchange leaders. I know you just had a call with them yesterday. Uh, talk a little bit about that session coming up at Forum West.
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. You know, we've got um, a, just a terrific group of people that are going to address defined contribution and private exchanges from various viewpoints. We've got a technology provider. We've got Connecture. We've got Jeff from Connecture that's going to talk about you know, what they're seeing, what they've done, and, and, yeah. um, and the differences of their platform compared to others. We've got Mike Smith from Lockton. He leads their, their exchange strategy. Great guys, uh, both of them. And, and, and Mike is going to be talking about, um, you know, their approach and what they're seeing and what, they're, uh, what the market is telling them. And as you know, Lockton is, uh, is one yep. of the strongest uh, mid-market employee benefit advisors in the country. Uh, and then Clint Jones, who is the CEO and, and co-founder of GoHealth, is going to be talking about their approach. I went on their website, very user-friendly, very straightforward. Yep. I really liked <laughs> it. And then I'm delighted to have some of my my, my, my <laughs> friend from Sig- my Cigna days, Nancy yep. Vasta, who is the business lead for the retail exchange, coming to talk about Cigna's uh, yep. uh, strategy and execution on all segments, what they're seeing, what shelves they're do- on, what they're building, and uh, and what the market and field is telling them so it's going to be it's going to be great and we're talking about the from vantage points of insurer, broker, technology and a web-based entity um, platform we we're going to we're going to cover all bases on both what's what's exciting out there, what's happening what the key learnings are and what the fine contribution takeaways are.
1: Yeah, I think that'll be exciting. Did you, did you see the news that uh, this week Connecture is uh, going to file for, has filed for an IPO?
3: I did not. Yeah,
1: yep. Yeah. Uh, came out from Doug, their CEO. They filed for an IPO. Uh, so, Wonderful. again, it's continuing exciting news. And uh, well, you know. To our guest out, or to our audience out there we 've talked about uh, on previous shows that we 're launching a uh, private exchange event in dallas march thirty first through April first uh, and as i 've said several times, exchange content as john 's outlining is going to continue to be prevalent at both our main forums. But we just saw the opportunity and really the need to devote a discussion uh, two day discussion on defined contribution of private exchanges and John is one of the program leads working hand in hand with us on that and uh, johnny want to share your perspective with our audience on private exchange forum and
3: oh yeah i do i'm so excited about this because (laughs) i have been to so many forums. in fact heading to one this next week i want you to know that uh, we are building i think best in class it is going to be uh, the best of the best it's the wild west out there but we're going to build the best of the best in exchange conferences it's going to involve employers advisors, brokers, health plans, HSA custodians, non-health products, and some of the stuff that we're going to be talking about is what we've learned, how to evaluate these exchanges, what the HSA opportunity is in it. We're going to talk about defined contribution, the customer experience, what they're selecting, employer perspectives, kind of the experience the employer's having, different advisor approaches for, both for the, for the big market and then the, also to the mid-market you know really understanding the new employee the new consumer how they're making decisions and of course insurance strategy insurer strategies you know what those companies are doing and then we're going to talk about the frontier you know what new companies yep. are coming into this space it's kind of exciting and of course we're going to also talk about retirees so if if, if you're looking for a exchange conference look no further cuz in March April of 2015 in Dallas Texas <laughs> <we're>
1: talking, <laughs>
3: <laughs> amazing conference! I'm so excited to be part of it.
1: Yeah, john, well, we got about a minute to go here. Uh, tell the market how, the, how they can get in touch with you because you're, you're doing some really uh, creative things to help companies out there. Tell them how they can get in touch with you.
3: Well, if, if anyone wants to change the world, then you're my friend. And my <laughs> phone number is six one two four nine zero two one eight four. My email is john young at consumerdriven I do. Uh, a fair amount of work with my friend Todd Berkeley who runs HSA Consulting Services, who is coming out with an HSA yep. book this fall, by the way. Yeah, Everyone keep, uh, stay tuned for, for more on that. Um, uh, but um, uh, often with me, you also get Todd, and it's uh, we're kind of like a double-headed uh, consumerism monster with him being such an HSA uh, expert banking, expert custodial um, uh, understands the operations of custodians and and how they need to change and, and grow and adapt. And me about the overall consumerism and plan design and insurer strategies and broker strategies and conferences. We can we can help anybody. So yeah,
1: no, it's a great team. Feel free to reach out to me. Yeah, it's a great team. And Todd uh, is a great friend of the institutes as well and works closely with us and. Uh, we all spent some good time in the Twin Cities. Hey, John, thanks, thanks a lot. Thanks for joining us today. You have a great weekend, uh, and we'll talk to you the first of next week.
3: You bet. L- looking forward to the show to guy- today, guys. Take care.
1: Thanks. All you. right, thanks, John, thanks, and to the rest of Bye-bye. our audience, stay tuned for the next segment of Healthcare Consumerism Radio. Hi,
2: this is Brent Macy, Managing Director for the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism. If you're a solution provider in this marketplace, I'd like to talk to you more about our corporate membership program that will allow you to showcase your solutions in front of our audience who will be making decisions on what they're going to be putting in place surrounding their healthcare benefit packages in 2013 and beyond. Contact me at 770-296-7276
4: to learn more. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear all of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like.
0: Membership. Are you an IHC member? Access to the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism's Breaking News industry trends, expert blogs, and networking with IHC's industry-wide member community. IHC membership puts you at the focal point of the dynamic health and benefit industry, allowing you to join the conversation and collaborate with industry stakeholders and your peers. Your IHC membership includes a subscription to Healthcare Consumerism Solutions Magazine, Healthcare Exchange Solutions Magazine, Annual Publications Healthcare Solutions Superstars, and Healthcare Solutions Outlook a free white paper, and much more. Sign up as a free IHC member or $99 premium IHC member today at www.theihcc.com. That's www.theihcc.com. This is America's AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.
1: Hey, this is Doug Field along with my co-host Brent Macy, and welcome back to the segment of Healthcare Consumerism Radio. And we're pleased to have uh join us on the program today. Another Atlanta uh, resident here with us, uh, Mark Poling, CEO of Calibrium and a new affiliate member. Mark, good morning.
5: Good morning. How are you?
1: Good. Good to have you on the program. Appreciate you taking the time.
5: Uh, thank you. My pleasure.
1: And uh, uh, we're pleased to welcome you as a new affiliate member of the Institute. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, Calibrium.
5: Certainly, um, you know I got into CRM uh, into the CRM space in the early '90s when it was, you know, when it was still really a, a buzzword uh, from a technology perspective. But a lot of different meanings uh, getting thrown around, and through a chain of events, um, got into uh, got into the health insurance space and, and applying CRM technologies uh, in the health insurance space in the late '90s and, uh, and uh, started uh, Calibrium. In 2005, um, and, uh, you know, we started the company to, to focus, you know, specifically on health insurance mm-hmm. and uh, providing, you know, customer relationship management solutions from end to end, and, you know, customers being defined as consumers, employers, brokers, uh, et cetera, all of, all of the different uh, constituents, and really giving them the, the tools uh, to, to build relationships uh, with, with their constituents. Uh, and um, and that's what we do. So whether it's a consumer, you know, coming through a, a, a private exchange, um, you know, in a defined contribution mm-hmm. model, or if they're out on the federal exchange or a state exchange, or coming directly to the carrier or through a broker, um, you know, providing all of those tools uh, so that that can all happen, you know, online on a mobile device, mm-hmm. uh, over the phone, uh, whatever whatever uh, medium uh, that, that consumer might
2: choose. Mark, when you uh, this is Brent. When you kind of look out at the marketplace and and kind of analyze what's going on out there, you know what are the biggest changes um, health insurers face right now with the current uh, marketplace the way it is? Uh,
5: it's, it's changing uh, very dramatically, and there you know there are um, you know two big changes. Um, no, there, there there are uh, numerous changes, but a couple of the big changes that health insurers have to have to, to contend with is, you know, historically they very much relied on a broker distribution channel. And the mm-hmm. broker was the one that had the relationship um, with the consumers. Uh, and if it wasn't, you know, a broker, you know, selling an individual or a Medicare policy to a consumer, um, then the people were employed and, and they got their insurance through their employers and they didn't have to think about much. Uh, the broker did it for them. Um, you know the employer had a paternal role and, and did that for them um, but where they are now um, is a much different space they need to you know uh, with the uh, with the federal exchange uh, up and available you know they, they have to go more and more directly to the consumer um, without without the assistance of the broker so they're they're having to build that relationship themselves rather than you um, Managed uh, distribution channel, and on the employee side, and, and those consumers, um, you know, they're dealing with much different, uh, much different animals uh, as, as well. Um, with whether it's private exchanges and defined contribution, there's, there's, uh, you know, they have to get more involved uh, directly with those those employees, and uh, that the employers are taking less and less uh, of a role.
1: So, so, so both ch- uh, uh, dynamic changes for the health insurers themselves, and then for the consumer. So with with these changes uh taking place, what do health insurers I mean, what do they really need to do to be successful and meet the needs of that uh of today's consumer? Uh
5: they need you know they, they need to be um innovative and creative mm-hmm. uh, and they need to have you know the, the systems and processes uh to be able to be able to do that. and um, so now that they're in a position where they have to build a relationship mm-hmm. um, with those consumers. They have to have, you know, value-add products. They have to change, uh, they have to be able to change uh, their members' um, perception of, of, of their role and, uh, you know, become a trusted advisor rather than just the company that processes their claims, um, you know, and rejects their claims or, you know, uh, handles their deductible, et cetera. So things like wellness um, programs, things You know, like um, you know, ancillary products and things that really bring value uh, to the consumer are um, are. It's important for the health insurance plan Mm -hmm. to be able to do that, Um, and that um, you know, and to be able to do that in an understandable way. As as consumers are you know more and more in higher deductible health plans, Mm -hmm. uh, more and more uh, dealing with narrow networks. Uh, A lot of consumers, you know, when they signed up last fall, they didn't they didn't complete you know it's their first time buying insurance. They didn't. Mm -hmm understand what they were buying and all of a sudden, you know, they got a product and they couldn't see the doctor that they thought they were going to be able to see. Uh, And so you've got, you know, uh, less than happy uh, consumers out there. And uh, the health plan has to be able to, um, you know, intervene and coach, understand uh, what that member is going through, have the tools in place uh, to better educate them and help them through that journey. Um, so that, for the health insurer, that, that involves um, kind of breaking down the, the, the operational and organizational silos as well as the system silos so that that, that that consumer or member, you know, no matter what they're dealing with, whether they've lost their job uh, and they want to stay uh, with that health insurer, um, you know, not having to take a step back but, in, but being able to go online and just like you can with Amazon. And, and it doesn't matter what you're buying. It's the same process, uh, and it feels the same. If you call, you know, it feels the same health insurance company, that, that involves breaking down some organizational silos uh, and some system silos so that they can seamlessly service those consumers.
2: Mark, um, you know, I was reading a study, and you might have seen this as well, that, that there was a health literacy test that was given out to a lot of employee consumers out there across the country, and most, most of us failed it. Um, <laughs> do you, I mean... We kind of saw that coming, right? That we never, because of the way the system has always been set up, we as employee consumers were never taught to know all the ins and outs about the whole benefits process. Would you agree?
5: I would completely agree, and that you know, having tools that, that can educate um, folks is uh, is critical because you know most people you know would they'll fail that that test. Um, you know, they're complex products, um, and, you know, I would contend that, uh, you know, that there are even more, com- you know, reform was supposed to reduce complexity, but, um, you know, the intention was right, but uh, it's made it more complex. Now you've got tax subsidies and penalties, um, so you not, you not only have to understand uh, the products themselves, which is, was, is a daunting task, uh, there's a whole new wave of uh, things, you know, even open enrollment period, you know, it's... Um, you know, people don't completely
1: understand those bills. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, you know Mark, I was uh, at AHIP this past June and uh, walked into a general session around consumerism where they had the CEO of Nordstrom and several other well-known consumer packaged good companies really talking about, you know, this move to consumerism. And, uh, I mean, I saw a room full of health insurers with really blank stares quite candidly. So, I mean, they're really struggling to get prepared to do this, are they not?
5: They are, you know. They are that you know. There and there's there's some pretty innovative thinkers out there. And you know, I was at a conference earlier this week that was all about you know, you know how you reach the consumer, and some innovative ideas. You know, are definitely coming up, and we're we're seeing you know those out there. But you know, for a lot of health plans, you know, where do I start? Because you know, where where do I start to to reach these? these people
2: because um, it's just not the role that they've had historically Yeah. yeah mark i think you know and tell me if you'd agree i think you know we obviously focus on the consumerization of healthcare and looking at the employers you know who are providing these tools through to their employee population or if it's the health plans providing it back through to their members from the consumer standpoint specifically where do you see us um You know, in the future, are we better off by these types of models, or um, are we worse off by these types of models that are going to be put in place?
5: You know, I I think long term, uh, the consumer is going to be better off, um, but it's it's probably going to get a little messier before we get there um, because the market's evolving. um, You know, and um, you know nobody knows exactly you know what adoption rate. Or you know, different types of things are going to be, and, and nobody knows specifically, you know, how employers are going to react to some of these things. And mm-hmm. um, you know, as that evolves in the marketplace, um, you know, I think consumers are going to go through, you know, a, a shakeout period uh, where things are going to be just a little bit different, um, you know, every year for the next few years.
2: Now, Mark, I was I was also looking, you know, through your bio before the show today, and. I saw that you were, um, you know, you either launched simplyhealth.com back in 1999, and that, you know, from your background, that was that a private exchange platform uh, similar to that back in 1999?
5: You know, it, it was, and um, we were a little bit ahead of our time. Yeah, so you know,
2: saw it, you yeah. saw it before anyone else really did in a lot of ways.
5: Yeah, and we tried to connect um, quality to the point of purchase, so. Um, a part a big part of our strategy was leveraging NGQA um, quality ratings um, in the shopping process yeah. and uh, and uh, and also defined contribution for yeah. small groups and uh, the defined contribution was uh, a little bit early yeah. Um, but yeah that's exactly um, you know trying trying to make that purchasing process easier for uh, for small employers and uh, and employees we, we definitely saw the need for that uh, back then and uh, Unfortunately, <laughs> there's probably even a bigger need for it now.
2: Well, with um, Calibrium, so you can go, but you can also, for any of these health insurers that may be looking at a private exchange platform, your services currently can can help them in some ways or not?
5: Yes, absolutely. Um, so, you know, where, where, where our products um, help the, the health plans engage with the consumers is not just the, the online capabilities. Uh, but having true enterprise-class CRM capabilities so that, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you can understand the segmentations of your member and consumer population. You can understand, you know, what's working with them. Um, You can distribute wellness programs that are targeted based on um, the profile of that person and their lifestyle survey and health risk assessment. So they're not just getting garbage in the mail that says we've got all these wonderful programs, but it's it's reaching out specifically to that consumer and uh, saying, you know, we know this about you, and, and we want to help you. Um, you know, we want to make your life better, um, rather than just um, you know something that feels like just a, another um, you know junk mail.
2: Well, Mark, we really appreciate you joining us um, on the program today. Let our audience know um, how they can find you and, and ask about your services. Uh,
5: yeah, certainly. Um, so our uh, our website is calibrium.com uh, uh, C-O-L-I-B-R-I-U-M.com. And um, welcome to email me at am uh, polling at com, And uh, would, uh, would love uh, the opportunity to talk with folks more.
2: All right, thanks so much, Mark. have a, um, have a great weekend here in Atlanta. And uh, to our, the rest of our audience, um, you can find information on Mark's company Calibrium at the IHc.com or the IHcc.com. He is an affiliate member with the IHC. And to the rest of our ed- audience, stay tuned for the next segment of Healthcare, Consumers and Radio.
1: Healthcare Consumerism Radio, learn, connect, share. Join us every Friday at 11 o'clock to learn all those confusing issues around healthcare, Obamacare, Medicare, Medicaid. We'll help you find the answers, help you stay in compliance. Join us Friday at 11 o'clock.
4: Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like.
0: PrivateHealthCareExchanges.com Have you checked out the only online guide where employers, health plans, brokers, and consultants can navigate private exchange and defined contribution markets? Browse PrivateHealthCareExchanges.com today. The emergence of private health insurance exchanges represents perhaps the most significant shift in how Americans purchase health benefits in years. As employers move their employee population into private exchanges, this trend is on a growth projection into the 2015 benefit year and beyond, according to research published by Allegis Technologies. Visit PrivateHealthCareExchanges.com today to browse our national searchable directory and for Healthcare Exchange Solutions magazine and newsletter. Be sure to submit your listing for inclusion in this groundbreaking guide at www.PrivateHealthCareExchanges.com. That's www.PrivateHealthCareExchanges.com. This is America's WebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Hey, this is Doug Field,
1: CEO of the Institute for Healthcare Consumers, along with my co-host Brent Macy. And welcome back to this segment of Healthcare Consumerism Radio. And joining us today is another one of the IHC's affiliate members, uh, Liz Ryan, the Executive Vice President and Group Head of uh, Health and Benefits with uh, Wal- Wells Fargo Health Benefit Services. Liz, good morning.
6: Good morning, Doug. How are
1: you? Good. Great, uh, great to talk to you again. I, to our audience, I had the pleasure of uh, visiting with Liz and Patty uh, this week in the Twin Cities. appreciate your hospitality this week.
6: Oh, it was our pleasure. We had beautiful weather up here, so you you hit it at the right time, right?
1: Yeah, I, I did. I did time it pretty well, didn't I? <laughs> Come
6: back in January, right? Yeah, sure.
1: <laughs> maybe, maybe, Liz, maybe. Uh, Let's take a moment and uh, talk about Wells Fargo's background and and its activities in this HSA space.
6: Oh, okay, sure. Um, well, first of all, uh, Wells Fargo is a global financial services company, mm-hmm. right? Um, the HSA is one of many products we offer our customers. Um, we got involved with the HSAs on day one because we saw it as a financial product that our customers could use to either pay for medical expenses today mm-hmm. or uh, save for retirement. You know, and today, um, Wells Fargo is a national leader. We, we distribute the product either through employer-sponsored plans Our individuals can come directly to us and uh, uh, enroll online. Um, Our customers are spread across uh, 50 states. We service over 11,000 employers, close to uh, half a million account holders with assets approaching $1.3 billion uh, under management. About 30% of our uh, uh, customers leverage our integrated investment platform. Um, which lets account holders put their HSAs uh, uh, to work by investing in one of our um, 19 mutual funds. Mm. So I, I think one of the things that I'd like to uh, call out is that uh, we have integrated our uh, investments um, uh, with our, our WellsFogger.com platform, which allows our customers to simply log in with one user ID and, and one password. So it keeps all of their banking uh, in one composite, which makes a lot of sense for our customers,
1: it sure does. And particularly as you see more and more uh, uh, participation in HSAs, and the dollars starting to flow in, you know they
6: absolutely,
1: balance yep, yep, balances increase. What do you see? How do you see the market? And you look, you know, one year, two years, three years ahead. Where do you see HSAs going?
6: Well, um, <laughs> Doug, I, I, think, uh, I think the obvious thing is that we continue to see growth in the industry just like everybody else. Um, we're very bullish uh, on the industry. You know, but I think behind the numbers, um, there's a, a little bit of an interesting dynamic going on. Um, one of the trends we're watching is the HSA adoption with millennials. Yep. Um, you know, I would tell you that our portfolio today, uh, that's the fastest-growing segment. It's got about 27% of our account holders are between the ages of 18 and 34. And I guess, to me, if you kind of sit back, it, it makes a lot of sense. You know, people in this segment, they're turning 26, they're coming off their parents' uh, insurance plan, uh, and they're just entering the workforce, and so they're, they're starting to think about what they want to do with their benefits. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, to me... This group, um, they're a very uh, savvy shopper. Uh, they operate in a digital way, right? And, you know, they're, they're not saddled, if you will, maybe like you and I are, with thinking about what mm-hmm. we used to have and how we want to think about it. They're, they're going to they're gonna look at the economics. Um, they're going to see the, the long-term benefit of the for, uh, of the HSA. And, and a lot of analogy goes into this with respect to how, you know you saw the evolution from the pension to uh, the 401k. So we're, we're very excited about this segment. Um, we think that uh, there's lots of different tools we should be developing uh, for this segment because they do so much online.
2: this is brent um you mentioned in the beginning here that uh, that the assets in these health savings accounts are are growing you know year over year when you when you look at the assets and then you look at the the safety and security around health savings accounts you know why is that important given the asset number um inside of these accounts the safety to those
6: well it's 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 the consumer's money. I'll start from that dimension, right? (laughs) I mean, um, you know, so I I think in the past people might have thought about, you know, these uh, accounts. You know, Doug, you and I have joked about this as a spending account, Mm -hmm. and and it simply isn't. You know, Mm -hmm. the industry has evolved where it's a savings account, and the consumer is starting to understand that, and they're becoming more in tune with this as a long-term benefit, not a revolving 12-month type of spend-it-down-to-zero mentality. And because of that, I think there's um, a wake-up call, if you will, around making sure that you're placing these assets, even if, let's say if you're an HR professional, make sure you place the, the HSA plan with a company you understand mm-hmm. and you know where the money is sitting. And then if you're a consumer, make sure you do the research around where are you putting your household money, because it's not just a 12-month window, it could be over the course of your career, it could be, it could be a 25, 30-year horizon, and I'll, I'll share this data point with you. There's been all kinds of studies shown that says if uh, if you start investing, if you start saving in day one, and you, you have a 30-year horizon and you contribute at the maximum level, you can have $360,000 sitting in that account when you go uh, into retirement with as little as a 2.5% rate of return that's some serious money. Yeah. And so that's why we're very focused on making sure that it's safe and secure.
1: Yeah, and that's the Wells Fargo name behind uh, what you're doing, correct?
6: Well, thank you for saying that. <laughs> yes, we, we certainly um, want everyone to understand that we take it very seriously. Uh, whether you're commercial or consumer, um, the first thing that I would tell you is that we never share any of our data with third-party vendors. Mm-hmm. It, it just philosophically isn't um, something that we, we think is good business. Um, we own, develop, and manage every technical aspect of the HSA, and uh, I think that that has tightened up, if you will, Doug, um, the uh, exposure or the ability to, you know, ha- have a data breach. And, and, and I think that and we live in interesting times, I'll say, and we all have witnessed what's happened to our good friends at Target and, yep. and Home Depot, so you, you can't say that, uh, h- how do I say this? It, you, you always have to do your research. Don't assume the organization you're meeting with has the security and data management figured out. Ask a lot of questions around it and make sure that you understand how the data is being managed and how the data is being passed within third parties.
1: I think that's very well said and very important. Talk to you. know You're, you're very committed to uh, decision support for your account holders and to education. Tell us some things you're doing and some tools that you're deploying for your account holders to utilize.
6: Okay, sure. Um, Well, you know, um, I think there's so much written and documented about the lack of knowledge or literacy. So I'm going to start from that perspective. Um, You know, I I, I think uh, we have approached this from the perspective that we need to do a better job than we're doing as an industry and getting people engaged and really understanding what it is that they're buying, right? I mean, I think there was a survey just published by the Journal of Health Economics um, that talked about last year's numbers where they, they thought that only 14% of Americans understood the basics. And, and that, to me, um, is a gap that we need to solve for if we're going to be thought leaders, right? So, you know, our, our approach to it is, um, you know, we, we started out very early on. And, and uh, it was probably somewhat uh, boring, shall I say. But, you know, we did, we did enrollment meetings with, with our, our, our customers and with our consultants um, and with our other partners uh, where we had direct conversation with employees, trying to educate them. And, and you know, th- we, I tend to call those combat conversations. I mean, they're, they're tough. They're hard, right? And we've evolved into doing more things online. Uh, we've done some short videos and some webinars, and, and I think those and uh, we've made them fun to listen to, right? Um, uh, because let's face it, people don't want to spend a lot of time on their benefits, and, and we understand that. Uh, but we're now embarking into an endeavor um, with an organization that I'm very excited about, um, and basically what's behind this is an interactive tool, uh, and it's going to sit on our um on our website, so if you came to us through an employer or if you came to us as an individual, you'll have access to this. We're, we're not charging for it, um, but basically what it does is it allows you to enter in some pretty basic information about yourself, how much are you contributing, um, you know, what's your deductible, uh, You know, do you understand the HSA or don't you, and, and what it'll end up doing is it'll walk you through um, uh, some information dependent on where you are in the life cycle of understanding the HSA. And I think the interesting thing that we like about this is that if you're a spender, it's really going to tailor the conversation to tips about using the HSA uh, from a spending perspective. And if you're a saver, it's going to give you information around how you should be thinking about it in terms of saving. I mean, let's face it, that's been one of the uh, dynamics that's been challenging for our industry because this product serves what I consider to be very polarized uh, interest in terms of how you want to use the HSA. Yeah.
2: Liz, we got about a, a couple minutes left on the program. And, you know, as you look at your business, um, you know, what's coming up next for Wells Fargo around, around this specific division?
6: Um, we're very focused on uh, some, I would tell you, some uh, payment tools. Um, you know, this mm. week we um, uh, just announced our partnership with Apple Pay. Mm. Uh, and what that means to an HSA customer is that if they have the iPhone 6 or the iPhone 6 Plus, uh, they can use um, the the phone, the device, to make their payments at a point of purchase where the near field communication is. So it's it's another example of how we're using innovation um, and making sure that it's secured because we do believe this type of payment tool will be far more secure than what we currently have in the industry with a mag stripe. So we're very very excited about this
1: endeavor. That's it, that that's, that's very exciting. Um, Leave our audience, Liz, in the, in the final minute or so here with a couple takeaways. Uh,
6: I think um, as you begin to look at your uh, benefits in totality, um, and, and you want to think through how you need to get yourself prepared for 2018. Um, you know, I think the thing that's top of mind for everybody is, you know, how's the Cadillac tax going to impact mm-hmm. uh, your plan? Um, our inside council, our lead inside council, just released a white paper uh, on this topic. Uh, lots of our customers are talking about that, and we, uh, I think we're going to be sharing that with you uh, at your forum in, in Vegas, yep. and uh, we, I think what I want to try to do is continue the conversation. Um, you know, I talked about literacy, and to us, it's all about how do we keep that conversation going so people become better consumers uh, of their health care.
1: Outstanding. Liz, really appreciate you joining us today. You enjoy your weekend up in uh, Minnesota, and and to our audience, you'll be able to uh, visit uh, Liz's team out in Las Vegas, uh, and they will be participating in a uh, share session led by Todd Berkeley as well, as well as uh, uh, being a sponsor, and we appreciate that. You can also find information on her division on our website, since they're an affiliate member. But, Liz, we really appreciate the time today.
6: Oh, it was my
1: pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. You guys take care, okay? Thank you, Liz. You too. You as well. Bye-bye. And to the rest of our audience, stay tuned for the next segment of Healthcare Consumerism Radio. Solution Providers, are you aware of the Institute for
5: Healthcare Consumerism's multiple marketing platforms? You're invited to get a little closer to IHC with our Solution Provider Membership Marketing Program. Through IHC's exclusive Solution Provider Membership, your business gets an all-access pass to engaging your prospects. This membership embeds your business within the Institute, which immediately aligns your company, its solutions, and your key executives with the nationally credible IHC brand, and shows your support of the healthcare consumerism movement as a market-wide solution. And that's just the beginning. Contact IHC's managing director Brent Macy today at b.macy@theihcc.com.
4: At Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like.
0: Certification. Do you know why becoming a certified healthcare consumerism specialist is more important than ever in 2014? Adding this specialized designation to your credentials tells employers or your clients that you understand how much our industry has changed and how to navigate that change successfully. IHC University's certification program offers coursework both online and live at their biannual forum conference series. And testing is completed online. Reaffirm your position as a leader in the health and benefit management industry, download our certification overview, and learn more at www.thew.com. IHcc.com That's www.theihcc.com This is America's AmericasWebRadio.com The best in chat radio designed just for you
1: Hey, this is Doug Field along with my co-host Brent Macy and welcome back to the segment of Healthcare Consumerism Radio and joining us on the uh, phone today is one of our newest affiliate members uh, Randy Cox, CEO with Pricing uh, Healthcare Randy, good morning
7: Good morning. How are you?
1: Good. We're fine. How's How's Utah today? <laughs> uh, pretty good. good. The
7: weather's turning cooler, and we're uh, nice
1: out here. Uh, that's great. That, that's a uh, beautiful country out there. Uh, Randy, great to have you on the program. I think you're doing some really interesting things around direct pay. Talk to our audience. Give our audience a little backgrounder on uh, yourself and pricing health care, and then we'll talk a little bit more about your specific solution. Randy, did you hear me? Yeah
7: publishing U.S. healthcare prices, the thinking was there's no way we're ever going to get prices from facilities themselves. Hospitals and surgery centers are are just too tight-lipped about their rates. So our initial focus was on crowdsourcing some data and and trying to get some government data from states like California. And then that all changed when hospitals and surgery centers started calling us and asking us if they could publish some of their prices on our site.
5: Hmm.
7: And it took us a little bit by surprise, but but we knew that that was you know, a far better way to get prices out in the hands of consumers and employers. So we changed our focus at that time. And uh, this year, since the beginning of this year, I've started working with facilities directly and publishing their, their direct pay prices on our site.
2: Now, Randy, this is Brent. Um, you know, How big is the market for direct pay health care?
7: You know, there... There are a lot of people, many of them very educated people, who, when they hear direct pay health care, they think just of the uninsured. Mm-hmm. Although, you know, granted that's a forty million uh, person market by itself, the uh, it's it's bigger than that. Direct pay also affects those with high deductible plans who have individual plans, including those on the exchanges, and. Uh, <clears throat> And if you figure, you know, you're not going to reach your deductible in a year, some deductibles nowadays can be as high as ten to $15,000. Mm-hmm. A lot of Americans don't hit their deductibles. All, all those people are realizing that they're paying cash for everything. Mm-hmm. So, But this is still not the bulk of the direct pay market, even though it's 60 to 70 million Americans. The bulk of the market is employers, uh, self-insured employers. There are probably 100 million Americans getting health care benefits from... Mm-hmm. From self-insured employers, and they're looking in mass for direct pay as an option to lower costs. Some of these employers would love to see everything go direct at some point.
5: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: Now, Randy, um, and and then I'm I'm seeking to understand if I'm if I'm an employer looking at direct pay, is is my do I have negotiating more negotiating power with the direct pay option? Um, is that a benefit? What are what are some of the benefits to the employer for the direct pay options?
7: So there are a couple uh, strong reasons an employer would go with, with direct pay. The first is employee choice. Insurance networks are shrinking mm-hmm. nationwide, and that's just reality. It's not just the exchange plans. You know, insurance carriers are are, are limiting their networks uh, to lower costs and, and various other reasons. But the, the, the result of that is employees have fewer choices, and employers are concerned about that. Direct pay opens
2: up. We lost you there, Randy. You still there, Doug? I think we lost Randy. We'll get him back uh, back on the line here in a second. But I think the you and I talk about direct pay, you know, a lot and mm-hmm. and really where the market's moving and you know the the whole space, whether it's direct pay, whether it's concierge medicine. There there are a, a lot of different solutions out there that. That are um,
1: you know really changing with this market, right? That's exactly right. You see a like, lot, you know, what he was alluding to too, from an employer standpoint. And uh, you know, one of our keynoters, uh, Jeff Ellis, uh, CFO of MGM, will talk about what they've done is they've set up their own networks, and that's really direct pay. That's removing the third party. You know third-party payer you've got concierge medicine developing that's that's really direct pay you're paying the doctors directly for a set of services mm-hmm. now I
2: think it, when you look back at you know the direct pay and and where concierge medicine I mean I think that's an access to care opportunity more importantly but then with direct pay some of the things and we're gonna get Randy back on the line here I think we lost him there for, for a second but um, you know pricing health care you know with different contracts and the health plans and and what's their role in this space as we heard, heard our earlier guests talk about it randy did we get you back don't have randy back yet but he's going to be um coming on the line we got him calling in right now but um we're going to talk a little bit more about randy's business model here too in the segment and, and uh randy you still there are you there with us
3: I am. Can you hear me now? Yeah. No, sorry about that.
2: I think we I think we lost the connection there with you. But you were yeah, talking. My apologies. Oh, that's okay. You were talking about, a lot about choice um, as a benefit to direct pay. I think that's where we lost you. Yeah. Um, so, so continue on. So
7: employee employee choice is a big reason for employers to go with direct pay, but the far bigger reason is the the savings they can gain. You know, it may surprise a lot of people. Employers that are paying direct for health care can sometimes get much much cheaper rates than going through insurance. Mm-hmm. The uh, you know the California Pension and Retirement System made some groundbreaking changes a few years ago towards reference pricing, and they saved themselves five million dollars in two years on just a few procedures. If if CalPERS had sent those those same patients to facilities on our site, they could have saved five million or more in addition to that easily. The, the rates are that much lower mm-hmm. than what they're able to get even by playing hardball with with hospitals through insurance.
1: Randy, we see the growth of uh, concierge medicine a lot and providers really establishing practice with the concierge medicine, a, a subscription model. Is that is that a part of your offering too? Are you going to include them as part of your offering?
7: Are you talking about primary care?
1: Yeah, primary care.
7: Yes, we will be adding that in the, in the future. Mm-hmm. The, there are a lot of direct pay primary care physicians, and they are wanting to you – know, not only move more completely to direct pay, but also advertise to individuals and to employers, and and kind of connect the dots there. Yeah, you we'll become be a very val- over va- in the next year or so.
1: yeah you'll become a very valuable service to them. I can see that connection as well as to the employers and to the individuals. What's your business model, Randy?
7: So we we see ourselves as kind of a, this large pavilion where anyone serving anyone selling any type of healthcare services and procedures can pay a small fee and. Set up their tent or their booth, if you will,
5: mm-hmm.
7: and and then we let everyone else come and browse for free for consumers for employers. It's totally open. Uh, they can go from one facility to the next. They can see what's available in a state or in an area, or nationwide. See how rates compare. See see who you know how quality compares. Things like that.
2: Now Randy when you when you kind of look at the the market competition out there that that you may see on RFPs out there what you know who how do you differ from you know some of your competitors out there that might have a a similar solution to yours
7: Sure some some companies out there actually are uh kind of like a bulletin board uh to to show some prices mm-hmm. and we actually partner with our providers as much as we can um, you know, it's, we don't believe that, that uh, healthcare is a race to the bottom in terms of price. Patients are not interested in having their healthcare cheapened. Uh, in terms of direct direct pay with employers, uh, there's a company, Employer Direct, which which is growing and and you know de- dealing with direct contracting in this market. We feel like direct contracting is only a half baked solution. Mm-hmm. It, it does remove insurance from the picture, but then it adds back an insurance-like party. In fact, employer-direct calls themselves a narrow network. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really, you know, they, they they hide their prices, and only a select few have access to them, whereas Pricing Healthcare <coughs> has a completely open platform that uses competitive forces to expand and reveal a lot more prices. <coughs> and and we do away with the contracts altogether, mm-hmm. So so there's... You know, it, it simplifies the process a lot.
2: Now, Randy, to, I'm sorry, go ahead.
7: Nor, nor do we act charge a fee. A lot of our competitors charge a fee for employers to access prices and to to uh, find lower cost care. And We don't. It's it's completely free.
2: Now, Randy, when you look at um, when you look at the HSA accounts that are out there, I don't know if you heard our previous guest from from Wells Fargo, um, Liz, talk about you know the growth in their HSA business. But with with your model. Is this um, is an HSA? Is that an eligible expense within this model?
7: Certainly, yes. The direct pay model deals with with cash pay up front. Uh, individuals are are often encouraged to to go this route because it's it's so much less overall for the employer. Uh, HSA can certainly be part of that. What we've seen though is that the savings are so great for employers that most of them are giving their employees incentives such as. Uh, you know, we'll pay a hundred percent, and it won't t- it won't touch your HSA at all. And that's how that's how big the, the market is. That's how big the savings are.
1: Okay, uh, Randy, you're pr- you're uh, promoting this direct to consumers as well as to employers. Is that your model yeah, right now?
7: That's correct. Okay. The consumers, the providers on our site require consumers to pay hundred percent cash up front mm-hmm. to get the prices we list. Employers have an option typically for 30 days, same as cash. Uh, but we are, we are targeting both employers and, and individuals. We think if, if a large company, a Fortune 500 company, is able to get uh, rock bottom rates by going direct with a facility, that the individual should have access to that same pricing.
1: Yeah, it, it would appear that your solution is a natural fit, too, with uh, these emerging private exchanges. Are you in dialogue with some of the private exchanges?
7: we aren't yet we're, we we're still kind of building out our map okay uh, so we have enough providers to to service uh, the various areas in the united states but it does make sense when people have such high deductibles for them to be steered towards places where if they're going to pay direct or if they're going to you know if they're concerned about a, a really small network and they're going to pay you know they have a high deductible it makes sense for them to be shown options where they can get affordable care
2: now, Randy, as, as you kind of look into your crystal ball, where do you see the market um, moving, you know, five to seven years from now um, relative to your solution set?
7: Boy, I'm just trying to get through the month here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree with you, Randy. <laughs> the, uh, you know, the uh, number of providers who are interested in what we're doing, and we talked to hundreds, uh, acute care hospitals, surgical hospitals, mm-hmm. surgery centers, imaging centers, they are all very interested in what we're doing. Very rarely do we find someone who says, we're not interested in that. Some of them have have other things in the pipeline that they have to wait on. Some of them are waiting for an employer to say, hey, we, we want to send our employees to your facility. But, but generally, the, the adoption is growing and even accelerating. And as one hospital comes on and says, we want to publish our prices, usually neighboring hospitals pay attention. And, and we see kind of this groundswell, this domino effect where where more and more facilities are gonna be publishing their prices. And they're getting very creative. It's surprising how many people are, are bundling this or that or saying we'll give you this discount if you'll do this. They're freed from the all the regulation of insurance and they are they're offering some great deals. And so we really see an explosion of this. What it means we think is that insurance will will return to being used for catastrophic things and that that there are better models available in this country for paying for care direct, you know, whether that means an HSA or or a stipend or or a, a tax credit. I don't know, I don't know what the solution is there, but there certainly is a big interest in this because it's so simple. It cuts so much of the expensive overhead out of out of the picture and and Americans are just very interested in this and, and providers they are so in favor of this model. They they're really getting tired of of the overhead, the paperwork, the collections they have to do on the insured model. And employers are very interested in, in the savings. So this could this could really transform American health care. And we're not talking about, you know, doing away, you know, going back to the Wild West and doing away with insurance or Medicare, things like that, but there certainly is a big place for this in, in the
2: country. Hey, Randy, we really appreciate you uh, joining us on the program today. Hope you have a great weekend um, out there, out west. And if you can make it to IHC Forum West in Las Vegas, we would love to have you. And to our audience, um, Randy and his uh, company is an IHC affiliate member, so you can have find information on our website. And to everybody else, uh, we'll talk to you next Friday on Healthcare Consumerism Radio.
4: You're listening to America's AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio.